This is Live Well Talk on thyroid cancer. I'm Dr. Dustin Arnold, Chief Medical Officer at Unity Point Health, St. Luke Cedar Rapids. While many of us are planning to celebrate National Square Dancing Month in September, it is also Thyroid Cancer Awareness Month. And joining me today is Dr. Michael Telesek from Physicians Clinic Biowa, Ear, Nose, and Throat to discuss risk factors, signs, symptoms, and more. Dr. Telesek, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you, Dr. Arnold. Appreciate the, uh, the visit and hope to let people know a little bit more about thyroid cancer. Well, to start off, what's, what, what's the thyroid do? What, it, I mean, why should people care about their thyroid? The thyroid is an uh, endocrine gland, so it's a gland that releases hormones, and its main purpose is to help regulate our metabolism. Okay. So if the thyroid's overactive, metabolism increases. If it's underactive, then the metabolism is not where it needs to be. That is correct. And obviously, any, any gland or, or structure in the human body can develop cancer. I mean, the heart, it's really rare, but the, there is such thing as heart sarcomas of the heart. But tell us about the risk for thyroid cancer. So thyroid cancer um, risk, well, I'll give you some numbers. You know, average per year is about like 45,000 people are diagnosed with thyroid cancer a year. So so fairly common. Um, and it's one of these cancers that's discovered more and more over the last 20 years or so. And it's a combination of maybe some influences, environmental influences we don't fully understand, and then also increased imaging uh, so ultrasounds or other imaging performed for other reasons, now that we have availability of this in our healthcare system, more and more we find nodules that otherwise would go undiagnosed or underappreciated. Do patients, um, how do I say it, do they, do they present with certain symptoms? Do, do, can you feel that you have thyroid cancer? Or is, is it something that's found on exam? Most, or Most cases not. Um, late stage thyroid cancer, where it's spread to different parts of the body, you might feel as bumps in your neck, that kind of thing. Um, or other symptoms, but otherwise generally no, it's actually found as a nodule. Although sometimes when the nodule is larger and grows over a period of time, a patient can feel a lump in the throat or notice a lump in the throat and they look at the front of their neck. Okay. Is there, is there screening for thyroid cancer? Like we've had physicians discuss breast and colon malignancies and what, what is recommended for screening to detect it early. What is, what is the screening for thyroid cancer? Th- thyroid cancer doesn't really have a defined screening. Okay. But the main the main thing would be is as every patient should uh, have a routine physical exam with their primary care doctor, and part of that exam includes a neck exam where they may feel a palpable abnormality. And then there's patients that are at more at risk that need to have more routine examinations or evaluation sometimes with imaging or uh, lab tests. You don't see it very often now, but in older patients, they would have a goiter uh, that they would just leave. They just you know, went about their way. Is, is, there, is that a risk for that to turn into cancer over time? Good question, um, Dr. Arnold. So um, goiters are less and less common in the United States. There's endemic goiter and um, non-endemic or multinodular goiter. And endemic goiters, when there's an iodine deficiency in your diet, we see less and less of that in Western societies. That still occurs in other parts of the world because we have iodized salt, and that's, that's beneficial in that regard. And actually, a low iodine uh, in your diet is a small predisposing factor to thyroid cancer, although a low risk in general. Um, so we don't see that as much, but yes, uh, people can have, typically they have a goiter nowadays, it's typically multiple nodules, and those tend to be less concerning for malignancy, although still, if somebody has a larger nodule in those goiters, we still want to rule those out as a possible malignancy. Okay, and you do that with ultrasound and then subsequent biopsy? Ultrasound, subsequent biopsy, that's correct. Okay. 
Now, after the biopsy comes back and it is cancer, I'm sure there's different types of cancer. In fact, I know that there are different types of thyroid cancer, but what are the ones that uh, that are worrisome and what are the ones that uh, are relatively uh, easy to deal with? Good question. So by far the most common kind of thyroid cancer is papillary thyroid cancer, and that's 85, 90% of all cases of thyroid cancer, okay? So when people are diagnosed, this is typically their diagnosis. Now, the good news with papillary, then there's also uh, follicular cancer. Um, these tend to be well differentiated. In other words, the cell types are very similar to the thyroid cancer, the thyroid cells that they came from. So they respond well to treatment and tend to be less aggressive. And then there's other less common forms of cancer. Med medullary thyroid cancers from a certain uh, cell from the thyroid and uh, tends to be more uh, higher chance of it being a genetic cause with a family history or with a um, some endocrine related um, genetic reasons. People are more prone to these, but some of them occur and they are like 3% of thyroid cancers. We all know that from watching television in the commercials for uh, Ozempic, that yeah. if you've had yeah. a family history of medullary thyroid cancer, you know, the uh, if you die, it's not our fault statement during the commercial, but they do always say that. Yes, that's true. True. So, so I mean, but that's that's generally what, but so those are much, much less common. Of course, anaplastic thyroid cancer is probably the least common, and that tends to occur in patients over age 55 to 60. It's, again, pretty rare, and it's very aggressive. Um, typically, when it's diagnosed, um, it's already spread, and, and spread locally especially, and difficult to treat. Wow. So what are the treatment options? Good question. Um, the primary treatment option for thyroid cancer, the first treatment option is surgery. So either removal of part or all of the, th of the um, thyroid is typically recommended. Um, other cancers, if they're smaller in size, um, there's some newer kind of variations of can which aren't really, we're, initially were called cancers that really aren't cancers at this po uh, point um, that, that we typically can monitor actually just with imaging and repeat testing. Um, so that's the good news about that is less aggressive treatment with still the same um, long-term uh, survival rate, high, very high survival rate with these kinds of changes. But overall, it's generally surgery. And then depending on the extent of the cancer, the uh, patient's risk factors, and the nature of the final you know, evaluation of the pathology dictates if they get additional treatments such as radioiodine therapy or sometimes external bean therapy or even as you're discussing some kinds, some kind of different therapies, um, monoclonal antibody therapy or chemotherapy. Okay. And so if you take out my thyroid, uh, I can live without it? Uh, well, you need, yeah, not exactly. You need the thyroid, okay. but the, the good news is that thyroid hormone supplementation actually is uh, readily available. It works very well. Fairly, fairly easy to titrate or to manage and change depending on the patient's needs. And ultimately, even when patients have thyroid cancer, we remove their thyroid. Part of the treatment regimen is actually taking thyroid hormone as it helps suppress growth of the thyroid cancer. Any microscopic oh, okay. potential yeah. there. For our listeners, I mean, the most common, a lot of Northern European descent, obviously, Scandinavian, Norwegian, in Iowa, and a lot of people have autoimmune thyroiditis or hypothyroidism. Uh, is there any risk of that turning into cancer? Is that a risk factor? Good question. In general, autoimmune disorder, uh, Graves' disease, or Hashimoto's thyroiditis, anything that causes inflammation in the cancer, there's a small risk, but overall that risk is quite low relative to other risk factors like radiation to the neck, which, you know, the, the amount of radiation that that would include 
would be prior to like the, the mid mid fifties when radiation was used to treat uh, tonsillitis or acne. So that, that's in a smaller population now or other risk factors like family history of thyroid cancer. Okay. Now, I, we have talked on this program multiple times about the NASA Community Cancer Center located over in your neck of the woods there at the medical mall. Do, do they provide service for thyroid cancers if a patient should have that? Absolutely. So when we treat thyroid cancer, like we do for all cancers of the head and neck, we use a multidisciplinary approach. And, and that includes uh, me, the surgeon, the head and neck surgeon, and the endocrinologist uh, with Unity Point Health and with uh, the uh, head, the Helen Nassif Center. We use uh, techniques from the radiation oncologist for management of radioiodine therapy and chemotherapy with uh, hematologist oncologist. So it's a combined team approach, and we even have a cancer care coordinator nurse that helps coordinate visits and management and long-term follow-up and care. So it is a really all doctors contributing and participating for the best management of the patient. Okay. And is there, if you could tell people one thing to avoid to prevent or lower their risk for thyroid cancer, what, what would that be? Good question. Generally, for risk of thyroid cancer, just keeping track of uh, things like healthy diet with radio, I, I apologize, with the iodine, that as, as you may be aware, um, Himalayan salts and other kinds of salts in the diet, just making sure or certain forms of diet, um, vegan diets, things like that, where people sometimes don't get the right nutrition and just being careful to get, making sure you're getting the right amount of iodine. And then um, really for, for overall risk, um, just regular visits with your doctor for most patients, unless you have a known family history of thyroid cancer, and we talked about medullary thyroid specifically, and having a, um, being vigilant of that and having good follow-up with your doctor. Well, one final question. Why did you choose ENT? That's a great question. And it, um, ENT I, does, does not stand for easy nights in tennis. Yeah, or early nights in tennis, as or, my anesthesia uh, friends say. But no, correct. As, as you know well, we handle airway emergencies and all these things, too, which can be pretty urgent. So um, I, I, really, when I started, I, I grew up in um, rural Wisconsin. And first doctor, really, my family, a lot of a lot of farmers in my family. So I grew up thinking I was going to do rural health care, but I fell in love with the head and neck. It's a very complex part of the body, very interesting part of the body. And within ENT, we can provide people with medical treatment, which I think is a huge part of it, and uh, surgical treatment. So you can really treat the whole patient and not just, well, you have a surgical issue, I send you to somebody else, or if you have a medical issue, I don't manage that. It's the whole patient you're treating, including from little kids that have issues to patients that have head and neck cancer, like thyroid cancer, to, you know, elderly patients that have balance disorder and other things of that nature. Well, that's, that's cool. You, and you do a good job, uh, Mike. You really do. Uh, Dr. Telesek, thank you for joining me today. Uh, this has been great information. Once again, this is Dr. Michael Telesek with PCI, Ear, Nose, and Throat. Uh, for more information regarding services, uh, either PCI, uh, which is 319-399-2022, Cancer patients may call 319-558-4876 or visit communitycancercenter.org. Thank you for listening to Live Well Talk On. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your family, friends, neighbors, strangers about our podcast. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcast. Until next time, be well.